As often is the case in my life, I get these nuggets of wisdom that seem to find me. And as so it happens, I, I ran across the story of R.U. Darby and his uncle. And it was from something that Napoleon Hill wrote in Think and Grow Rich. And it was about a, a man and his uncle who heard about the riches out west. And so they left Maryland on a journey to Colorado to go ahead and stake their claim for their newfound gold. But, you know, and after some preliminary digging, they were able to find a deposit of gold that was so vast that it really boggled everybody's mind. But they didn't have the funds that they needed. So they went home and they kind of hit up their relatives and everybody knew to raise the funds necessary to buy and install the equipment that they would need to mine the gold. When they returned to Colorado, both of them staked their claim, and they went on to work the mine. Unfortunately, they started to pull up the gold. They sent it to the smelter, and all of a sudden, it stopped. They hit a wall. They didn't know, but something happened. The vein that they had hit suddenly mysteriously disappeared. It was nowhere to be found. They dug, they dug, they dug deeper, and it was to no avail. It just wasn't there. So their hopes and dreams crushed. They decided to take the equipment, cut their losses, they sold it to a junk man, and they went home. This junk man said, you know what? I believe that there's something there. And so he sought out a geologist. This geologist said, what the Darbys didn't realize was that there's a fault line there. I believe that there is gold three feet from where they were digging. So the junk man took the equipment, he set it up, and guess what? He struck the gold. So R.U. Darby heard about it, and he realized that he was just three feet from gold. Did he let that defeat him? He did not. He decided that he was never again going to be defeated by three feet from gold, and he, in the insurance industry, made it a promise and a desire that he was going to succeed. And so today, we're going to speak about being three feet from gold. I would like to welcome uh, Michael J. Russ, who always reminds me of awesomeness and being three feet from gold. Michael, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, Lisa. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you're a fabulous host, and I'm always, always uh, happy to uh, be on this show with you, and I always look forward to it. Uh, it is uh, <laughs> it's the highlight of my week. Oh, it's such a delight. You know, it, it is here on Connect to Love on PRNFM. Uh, it, every week it is, um, you know, just such a treasure. We never know what we are going to unearth or the depths of our being that we're going to share and how that's going to impact us. And today we have a, a special guest, Michalina, um, who is one of our listeners, and she shared something that this morning that just absolutely touched my heart about one of our previous shows on the wow of wonder. And so we invited her on, and, and I'm so glad to welcome you, Michalina, and uh, I'm, 
I'm just really eager to have you be part of our conversation because so much of what we speak about, about shining your light, being courageous, showing your greatness, and really never giving up, never giving up and on your dreams is, is what it's all about. So, so welcome. Um, thank you. Uh, I'm so, so grateful to be here, especially because um, the, I, um, just because purely knowing you, Lisa, has been the sole catalyst in me, in my life completely transforming into something better than I ever thought it could be. Um, oh, and I just want to thank you for that. So I'm oh, it is no, an honor to so, be here with you guys. Oh, no, thank you. And and just real quick, because I am a little technologically challenged and I didn't realize the messages, the beautiful messages you shared with me um, today only had a shelf life of two minutes. Um, would you share with Michael some of the things that really touched your heart about that show and, and the messages that he shared with you? And then we'll sort of let our exploration take off from there. Um, yes. So one of the, the main things or the, the main things I can remember is um, when especially Michael was talking about altruism and that resonated with me so much because I, I recently, and I mean very recently as in the past few days, um, come to the understanding of what it really means to be altruistic and about um, when, what happens whenever your intention and the reason behind the action that you're taking, there's when there's no intent to serve yourself. And um, kind of what that has meant to me is that all of our intentions are either rooted in love or in fear. And when we act from a place of fear, that is because we are trying to um, seek something outside of us or to protect ourselves in some way. And it's a very self-serving intention to have because we feel like we aren't already complete enough and we need something else to complete us. But whenever we act from love and also altruism, um, it's because we, we don't feel the need to serve ourselves because we feel whole and complete enough on our own that it doesn't matter what we do because it isn't going to influence how whole we feel, so therefore we are free to do anything. And when you're free to do anything, that's when you off, that's when you kind of just choose altruism as a default mode. Because why would you want to do anything other than create the highest good if you have the freedom to do anything? And that was kind of how it it kind of was an aha moment hearing for me about um, how Michael how he always. Uh, pays for other people's meals without anything in return and just realizing, why would he do that? Oh, wait, it's because that feeling comes back to him. The love that he gives to others gets like gets served back to him. But whenever you do something with the intention of trying to improve your life directly, it often gives the opposite because you just feel more um, incomplete. So there's kind of a paradox there. But that was one of the, the main things that really resonated with me from it. Hang on just a second. Hang on, hang on just a moment. Uh, you're how old? Eighteen. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I know. Boy, how articulate can you can you be? <laughs> I'm like, okay, number one, I'm blown away uh, completely. 
that you got that you deduced that much out of out of what I said about altruism that that element of alchemy that can help transform the way that you feel in in, in an instant when you're when you're uh, giving without the need to receive uh, releasing your attachment to receive that is that is a brilliant explanation of it by the way I just want to give you kudos for that uh, and uh, and can say that you are going to go very very far <laughs> you know you. An, an, an act of love um, you know the self talk that comes into play here is I. I am more than enough. I mm-hmm. am more than enough, and I have more than enough. And the, the the one of the issues in our world today is that all the distractions and outside influences happen to uh, to, to make us feel otherwise. And mm-hmm. it's it can be it can it can weigh us down. And uh, we always have to be mindful and uh, situationally aware is the word that I would. Uh, I'd love to use. We need to be situationally aware of how we are interacting with our outside world uh, and uh, in knowing that we can control everything about us with relationship, with, in relationship to our outside world. Everything. We can control everything, and, and, and we, we should accept nothing less. That is our right. We were born with that right, and that is how we create our reality, our interpretation of, of, of ourselves and our life. So brilliant. Kudos. I clapped a hundred times over for you on that one. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more with, with what you said about, um, and what's so nice about that is that's really the only place we can find peace because whenever we try to exert, or at least from my experience, anytime I try to exert some, my control over something other than what I can do right now, that's when I suffer because, um, mm-hmm. like, you know, if you define suffering as this feeling of powerlessness to get rid of pain, like you have a pain and you can't do anything to get rid of it, I think that's what suffering feels like. And that's what you experience every time you, be, every time you go out of the present moment and you become un- unconscious. You and you go back into the past and you're thinking about something that you did or didn't do or you're in the future worrying about something that you're going to have to do, um, You that's painful. And then you feel fear in response to that pain because um, it indicates like a danger. And But then when you look around in your environment to respond to that danger, there's nothing you can do because the problem exists only in your mind. And then <laughs> you can't protect yourself from it. And then you're stuck with this feeling because you think that there's a perpetual threat around you when really all you have to just do is get out of your own head. And I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Get out of your own head. Um, yeah. It is, it, it's, some of the young people, some of the people your age, in your age group, in your generation, are suffering from anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, attacks and otherwise. And uh, I am not a clinical psychotherapist or uh, anything of that nature, a PhD, I just simply go by what it is that um, my exper- experiential wisdom has led me to, um, to uh, believe about you know, myself and my interaction with the outside world. However, I think you described it uh, very appropriately from the perspective of, you know, you're, you are anxiety, fear about the future, uh, we are projecting some outcome, usually negative instead of positive, wouldn't be that same if you projected a positive outcome. However, 
uh, doubt about ourselves, doubt about uh, our own levels of, of confidence in ourselves, and uh, likewise, that happens to uh, play into this whole whole thing. And it's and it's our perception of the future is what we're dealing with. Our perception of the future happens to be negative. So everything else will play out in that vein. That, that will be the script that we write for ourselves, and the anxiety is just a, uh, in my view, is a, a consequence, a physical manifest, manifestation of what we are, uh, of the perceptions, the negative perceptions that we have about our future. Uh, I'm not going to, I fear, I don't want to take that test, I fear taking tests, I might, I might fail the test. Uh, I, you know, want to get into that college, but I don't want to, you know, try because I may, I may not get in. You know, my, I'm so anxious about all these different things. Uh, and really what we have to do, in my view, is just kind of be very consciously aware of the number of outside influences that we're, we're exposing ourselves to. And, and with many young people, I find there are way too many, way too many distractions, way too many uh, interruptions in, in, in life, too many things out there that are being focused on at one time that really ultimately have nothing to do with us. They have nothing to do with, with who we are and our own internal development. And when we bring it all back inside, like you said, things change. We somehow, we, we become empowered because we can't control those things that are outside of us. We feel disempowered because all these things are happening and they're happening around us. And it's a really interesting uh, dichotomy. It's a very interesting uh, you know, catch-22 situation where we, we want to, we can't, but we, we, we keep trying and it, doesn't, it makes us feel hollow in, inside. And um, I had, did a piece about, I did a couple of journals about self-love and, and, and reading a lot of the, uh, I was reading a lot of quotes from people about self-love, a lot of authors that had, uh, that had quotes on, on Goodreads about that. And what's interesting is that when we, when we, there were, when we look outside of ourselves for acknowledgement, uh, for appreciation, for love, as it were, um, getting it is kind of hollow. It's, it doesn't have any staying power. Uh, we feel good for a moment and then we want more. And what we, when we go inside of ourselves and we generate it internally and we, uh, we accept ourselves for who we are, what we are, what we're doing, and vow to continue our own evolution, to see things outside of us as an opportunity to evolve uh, from our inside, to evolve you know, who we are as a person, um, then we, that sense of control is incredibly powerful, energetic. Um, it is simply empowering beyond belief. And it's a, it's a feeling that I really love all of our listeners to and, and, and everybody in your generation to experience because it is something that is it's boundless, it's infinite, and it's something we all control. So um, love, that, love how you explained it, and I love the fact that you're, <laughs> you're, you're an old soul in a young body, very much like I'm sure I was and, and, uh, and Lisa was. Um, and it's wonderful to have this conversation and know that you exist. You're so articulate in the way that you're, you're, you're talking about your feelings and talking about your interaction with the outside world. I'm like blown away by this. I, I can't, I'm like, wow, I got afraid oh, people my age that don't, that don't get it. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> this is great. That anything I, I, I'm happy when anything I do touches just one person. 
So right now, you've made my day. You've made validated my ex- my existence, and I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, I'm so glad that I could bring you two together. And I'm really glad, Michael, that you brought up perception because one of the things, and you may not have realized it, Michalina, when you left me those messages, I could hear you walking on the beach, and I could hear the birds. And last night, and it's so interesting because – I was taking a walk with my dog and I, you know, I got a phone call and the person that I was talking to said, can you hear those birds? There's all those birds around you. And it it took me a minute to shift my perception to really recognize, oh my gosh, it was in the evening, it was around seven o'clock, very, you know, get, start getting to get dark and the birds were singing their hearts out. And so this Mm -hmm. morning when I heard the message and I heard the birds and I thought, you know, you, you, and you talk about how we perceive things and what does a bird do? It flies. It flies away. It's free. It, it alights where it wants to alight. And I think it's a really good metaphor for what we need to do. Our souls are really free. But we create the confines for which our soul is caged. And when you can really free that and allow yourself to find, as you said, Michael, you know, those, those nuggets of, of happiness, it really makes a difference. And, and it made me think about um, Viktor Frankl, who was, I don't know, Michaelene, if you know the story or if our listeners do, but he was in a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. And he uh, was a psychiatrist at the time, and, and it, he, he ended up going on and, and writing a book you know, man's search for meaning. And what he found was those who survived the camp were how much meaning they could glean from their experience and also what they could find to be happy about, to make the world a more a better, more beautiful place. And, and I think that that's sort of, you know, what you're striving to do. You know, you know you're not confined by being 18 years young. You know, my aunt's 100 years young. She doesn't feel any different than she did when she was 18. <laughs> but, you, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, you have a, the whole world a, ahead of you, and it's not unlike that, that vein of gold. You know, where do you set your compass? Where do you drill for those riches? What is it that you want to do? You, there's, it's vast. You know, it's only for you to decide on what you want to create. And, and I really, you know, again, as Michael said, you know, I applaud you for your wisdom and for sharing. And, you know, just uh, out of curiosity, because uh, I know sometimes it's not an easy thing, you know, for, for somebody that is 18 and you know get distracted how do you find yourself having faith in the world and finding your space of happiness that's um, a big question <laughs> wonderful well, question i i wish you could see my face right now and like the ridiculous smile that i had while you were talking because like some of the things you guys have said wouldn't have made sense to me even a week ago like i would have resisted them and thought that they weren't true. Um, Like, for example, when it comes to, um, like, letting things go and letting yourself be happy, if you had told me that a month ago, I would have thought that was ridiculous because, um, you know, like you said, with the confines of our, the confines we put on our happiness and that our souls are really free, that, that really hit 
the nail on the head for what I've been, uh, for how I've been allowing myself to feel happy lately. And the reason I say that is because, because we put these confines on our happiness, we create these conditions where only once these conditions are met, can we feel good. Um, so, you know, just say if with, um, like with other people, for example, like I've been a lifelong people pleaser. Um, so what that meant was I put a condition on my happiness that I would, that only um, on the other side of pleasing people could I feel good. And so whenever, so if I didn't have that, so if I was on the other side of that barrier and I, and people were upset with me, I couldn't feel good. And so if you had told me to just be happy with being on that side of it, I would have said no, because um, I don't want to be happy because there is no, like, there is nothing. I can't accept this because there is no happiness here um, without realizing that, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought, um, that I was putting the condition there and that um, mm-hmm. that didn't actually have to be a condition for my happiness. And um, what, so wait, oh, now, now I found my train of thought again. Um, so Good. I thought, Go for it. So, okay, so in the past, um, anytime I've had a condition on my happiness, the only way that I've been able to get happy again was by keeping holding on to fear because fear would trigger me because fear is almost kind of like, an, like think of it like an itch. The reason that we mm-hmm. feel an itch in response to a mosquito bite is our body's way of saying, hey, there's something not good here. You need to get it out. You need to do something about it. And so it it brings you to like itch to get the, to get the mosquito bites toxins out. And um, so fear is the same. So if you have conditions on your happiness, then fear is the same way in the sense that once you are, um, or just like any sort of sense of unease or an unwanted feeling is the same way in the sense that when you feel that feeling, it is kind of like the driver for you to do whatever it takes to um, get over that, condition like over that barrier um barrier between you and feeling good which is for me like would be people pleasing so I couldn't feel good until I pleased other people and that was um enough of a driver for me to think that only once I did that thing would I be able to feel good and there were no good feelings available to me until I did that thing um Mm. so I think that's what it means to have a condition on your happiness is to believe that you can't feel good until you've done that thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, whenever you do that, the irony is that you are forcing, you, like, like you said, you're putting confines on your happiness and you're limiting the amount of situations in which you let yourself feel happy. And then um, the more you do that, the more you're reaffirming that pattern to yourself and further limiting the amount of situations that you'll be happy in. And then you further rely on those external things to make, to bring in good feelings because there's less and less of it being drawn internally in you. And so that, so realizing that, um, made me become, Oh, sorry. I just had an alarm go off. Sorry. I'm very like, um, so (laughs) realizing that has, um, made me realize that every time an, like a, a negative emotion comes up in me or just something that I feel the need to get rid of, all it's really showing me what to do 
is it's helping to point me towards a barrier, a limit that I have on my happiness right now, a way, you know, a way that I am limiting the amount of happiness that I let myself feel. And so if I can become conscious of that feeling and um, ask it what it wants me to do, so like with the people pleasing, for example, whenever I feel that unease that, and that feeling wants me to go do, to do whatever it would take to make someone um, to make someone approve of me or to like me, it's telling me that I will only be able to feel good once I do that thing. But instead, um, if I'm willing to tell myself that it is safe to let this feeling pass through me as I don't do that thing, and then I'm able to not do it or able to not do whatever that fear is telling me to do, and I can keep doing that, the feeling that fear is able to pass through me and I reaffirm to my mind that that thing does not have to be a condition on my happiness anymore because I actually ended up feeling really good on the other side of it. And I can remind myself, hmm. hey, remember last time that happened or remember last time you told me to do this thing and I didn't do it and I actually felt really good. And the more that happens, then <laughs> you are able to just continuously break the conditions that you put on your happiness as you prove to yourself that they don't actually have to be the conditions. And every time you do, you are freeing, you are kind of knocking down one of the barriers and one of the limits of your happiness. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, if you're in a house, um, every time that's like keeping you out from the light and it tells you that the only way you can um, get through, get to the light is go through a very specific door. But what if you knock down the whole wall that's like breaking down the barrier and every time you're just letting more and more light in, until the point where there, like, there is never a condition on the light and you're able to always feel that way. So, um, that, so that's kind of what I've been experiencing lately. I'm sorry for that was a major ramble. Um, no, to sum absolutely it all. not. But, um, it's a, a value to, to mm-hmm. so many of our listeners. And, Michael, I, I can feel you have – I can hear you. <laughs> you would love, I don't know. I can just feel your energy. I would love for you to comment. Well, basically, um, as far as the ram- as far as the rambling goes, that's a good kind of rambling going on in your head, um, <laughs> and, and it's it's one that actually gets you to a conclusion and helps you um, to to understand yourself better. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that I encourage people to do is to journal those thoughts, to put them down on paper. That whole diatribe of thought process, you know, that mm-hmm. you went through is beneficial for you. Uh, the other thing I was thinking as you were talking is that you have you have really passed through a major or jumped over a major hurdle in 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 life at at such a a uh, at such an age because a lot of people spend their whole lives pleasing other people to feel better about themselves and when when in reality. Uh, we just have to please ourselves. We just have to work. It, 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 the, the pleasing, the happiness, as I like to say, flows. It, it's infinitely flowing within us from the day we're born. You know, we're, we're happy, mm-hmm. and we've learned to be otherwise. We've learned to be otherwise. We put these constraints mm-hmm. on it, and we put these restrictions on it. Your perception of I can't be happy unless I'm pleasing someone, um, and as you say, a week ago, uh, I, the question that comes to my mind is, what was the epiphany a week ago? Was it listening to the podcast or was it something else that helped you 
kind of reach a point of pivot? Um, well, it started with uh, two kind of factors. Um, one is my psychologist, uh, Dr. Greg Nicosia, whom Lisa, whom I met through Lisa. So thank you for that. And number two was um, the un- the book The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. So Michael is a good name. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, kind of both of them are like between reading that book and listening to Dr. Greg, both I got from both of them at the same time. Basically, just that. Um, I guess to give a little bit more of a context, um, I have struggled with an eating disorder for the past uh, three or four years now. And um, at this point, it's kind of taken on the toll of like, or kind of taken on the role in my life of an addiction more than anything else, where I, um, you know, like it is like a very much kind of become a barrier to me feeling good and something that incites a lot of fear in me because I feel like if I don't keep things a very certain way that I um, don't get to feel happy. And I think that's pretty much the nature of addiction is that um, there is only, it only, like your life gets so small that there's really only one thing that allows you to feel, to feel any sort of goodness. And that is just like using your drug. And when that, the more you affirm that pattern, the more you are, um, so it's like every time that energy of that like urge tries to pass through you and you deflect it by using the drug again, you just push it back in the same direction that it came and then it keeps having to push stronger yeah. to get through you. And so that's what it's like to get deeper and deeper in an addiction is because that because the stronger that energy comes, the worse it feels trying to pass through you, the more compelled that you feel to, to use in a way that, um, to get the energy out again. And so between using um, like a couple of techniques that Dr. Greg gave to me and um, mm-hmm. uh, some tools like tapping, I, I really started to, I was able to start saying to myself every time that energy started coming through of, oh, it's safe to let this pass through me as I, you know, keep reading or keep doing whatever I'm doing because I stopped looking at it as a threat um, the same way that, you know, mm-hmm. like for the longest time it was, the, me keeping it there was almost like um, as if I had a thorn stuck inside of me. And if my goal was to feel the pain or to avoid the pain, I was um, avoiding the pain by protecting the wound or protecting like the space where the thorn was rather than pulling it out. So now that I'm letting the energy pass through, it's, um, I, I am so happy to say this, that ever, like ever since I started coming to this realization, I have not had like, I have not had a single urge to do to do anything that like my eating disorder has told like has ever told me to do, and it has just it, like it's only been a few days, but it's become so small. And now, so now like what's happening is every time um, I feel something negative come up, I used to feel very scared, and now I feel excited because I'm like, oh, this is another chance to free myself of a condition that I put on my happiness. Ooh, that's awesome. And then I <laughs> I investigate the emotion, and I'm like, that's hey, like great. what are you trying to tell me? okay, well, that, like, you know, if, like, if I was a smoker, um, it would be like, oh, I have an urge. Hey, what's this trying to tell me? Go smoke. Okay, well, that actually doesn't serve me, and that doesn't sound like a good idea. And um, if it comes to love versus fear, you know, it's like this is telling me that it's going to feel good, but I know that, like, paradoxically, it just makes my life smaller. 
So what would be the, the thing I could do right now that's the highest good? What's the next right thing I can do? That would be to sit here and keep doing what I'm doing or to go for a walk so it's safe to let this pass through me as I go do that thing. And that just feel like it immediately feels so much better. And I feel and like I, every time like this happens all the time now, and then I'll let out these like weird little laughs because it's just kind of like I'm like pulling that, like I'm, I'm kind of like reclaiming my happiness. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind feels, of just like, yeah, so that's all. That's kind of what it my, feels, how it happened. It, my comment is it feels good to, to be in control, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, but, like, it also feels good to, like, the more it's happening, I'm just realizing that how little, like, I think what what we all really want is just to feel good, and so mm-hmm. what really feels nice is to know that, um, is to move closer to that state where you need less and less things to be under your control in order to feel good. Mm-hmm. There you because go. Because it's less that you have to manage, and I think, exactly. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. That's a brilliant, a brilliant. Yeah, I, I couldn't have explained it uh, anywhere near where the way you've explained it because I'm not you and I'm not living in the situation <laughs> that you're in. And I love to see, I love the fact that you've got such a great grasp of what's going on. And and the the beauty of what I'm hearing from you is that you are um, in control. You're managing this, and you're in real time um, performing the alchemy necessary to uh, bring you closer to um, where you really want to be, uh, wherever mm-hmm. that is, wherever, you know, it, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, and you're enjoying the process. You're enjoying the journey. The journey is fun to you now. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that is, as long as it's fun to you, you're going to keep doing it and <laughs> move through this. Yeah, it and, is. And yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's brilliant. It's beautiful. Uh, Lisa, I got to say, thank you for being Miglina on the show today <laughs> because she, she's such there's such energy there. I can, I can see your smile. I can feel your presence. I can feel your energy. I can feel your love for yourself and for what you're doing for yourself and how you're uh, performing that transformation of yourself in, again, real time, moment to moment, because that is the way we uh, have to navigate through life. That's the way we should navigate through life is, is mm-hmm. just like that. And there are a lot of different things. Um, as far as one other thing that popped in my head was relationship. You've discovered something about yourself that's going to make future relationships so much more meaningful for you because you're, you're going to understand that, that you, you, you're going to have shed, uh, in my view, based on what you said, that pattern of having to uh, please someone to feel uh, to be happy. And that's, mm-hmm. that is, this, this is all applicable to many other areas of your life. Relationships, certainly interpersonal connections, relational connections that are just, uh, you know, friends and other intimate connections that you have and develop in the future. You you're really um, have a grasp of this and are going to be able to apply uh, everything that you're, that you've um, learned up to this particular point and are actively apl- applying for uh, your situation physically. Uh, and mentally to other things, and it's it's brilliant to hear. Brilliant. It is, and and I will share with you that 
your smile is contagious, your happiness is contagious, because as you were speaking, you know, I had a big smile on my face, uh, and I imagine Michael with his beautiful, bright smile had <laughs> one on, too. I know both of our, yeah, our hearts are smiling, and, and I, I really hear, you know, on, and this is what the show's all about on Connect to Love, because this is where we go. We, you know, we don't know when we, we gift something from our hearts with, with, with no attachments to it, you put it out there in the world. It's how you give, you know, how, what today, you know, are you going to do to make somebody else's life better? And that, you know, is significant right there. You don't have to even know what it is. You know, it's an altruistic thing. And, and I really appreciate, Michalina, you sharing your story because I think sometimes our listeners, and I know you, you know, you'll hear somebody and you don't, you think, well, you know, they've never struggled through X, Y, Z as though I have. I mean, we all have experienced adversity and struggle. There's not one person on the planet who hasn't experienced something. But, you know, it's the power of that story, how you let it control you, and what you decide to do with it. And you've decided to release it and live in happiness. And, and you know, I see you skipping down the beach and, you know, just with a big smile on your face and, and really shining your light and, and spreading that joy. And and that's really what will carry you, you know, as Michael said, through the rest of your life. You know, you, you know we don't ever know what doorways are, are lie ahead of us or what other things, but, you know, you just take yourself back. You take yourself back. I was sharing with Michael before the show that I was going to do it at least a two-week detox from complaining. That any time I, I <laughs> felt myself wanting to complain about something, I needed to shift that and be in the space of gratitude. And if I was going to be in a conversation with somebody and they wanted to engage me in that complaint, I was going to shift the energy. And you know, it's only been two days, but I'm you know happy to report I'm I'm doing fairly well, and I just really have to stay steadfast because I want to create a reality that is bright and beautiful where love really matters. And, and that's really, you know, and, and really share that and because that's, that's who I am. And the other part of it when I'm in a complaining state does not feel good. And that's, you know, I go back to Wayne Dyer, I want to feel good, I want to feel good, I want to feel God. So that's where I'm at. And, uh, you know, so... You know, thank you very much for sharing that because I, I do, you never know who is going to be listening that that will, you know, help them. You know, maybe they need to seek out a specialist, you know, not unlike the the gold miners, you know, if they would have just taken a moment and, and stuck with it and instead of quitting, you know, found somebody that could guide them, you know, and, and mm-hmm. Michael has lots of wisdom of, about alchemy and transmuting things and really continuing, you know, not to just step away and be three feet away from, from that gold. Like you have struck that vein and you are going to continue. And who knows how long, you know, I, I, you know what other areas it'll it'll travel into and, and you know i think that your story is inspiring and you know the fact that you are radiating happiness is uh, just you know my my heart just embraces it so you know thank you for for coming on yeah and, i agree uh, i agree i agree wholeheartedly uh, i'll say uh, thank you so much for enlightening us about uh, your your situation there's a lot of 
You know, it's really interesting because uh, there's a lot of um, uh, young people who are also um, experiencing uh, what you're experiencing. And um, thinking outside the box, looking outside the box, being able to tap into resources, being open and aware of being aware that you, um, you know, of how you're feeling in any given moment and tapping into resources that can help you shift the way you feel uh, about yourself and your engagement with the world is, is incredibly uh, valuable. Uh, and what I can say is the methodology you used to help yourself get to this particular point, uh, remember that it has far-reaching applications and um, you can take it anywhere you want to go. Um, and and uh, and use it in a way that helps you be um, a better you. Souls are it's, it's interesting because this week I've spent a, a lot of time in in uh, writing these journals, and I just produced a pod, another podcast today uh, of my life moves podcast that was really about you know, the whole idea of, of of what life moves are for. And you've you've used a series of life moves that have helped you. Uh, get to this point in your life. And uh, ultimately, life moves are to really impact the way we feel about ourselves and, and the world around us and uh, the life we're living. And that's what it's about. The goal is to wake up in the morning and go, to, and, and go throughout the day and go to bed at night feeling happy and joyful that we're here, that we're alive, that we're breathing, that we're uh, expanding, that we're, uh, that we have, that we're aspiring, uh, dreaming, that we have intentions that we're working towards, that we have purpose in our lives. Uh, that is really all we really, that's all we want. That's all we want. And uh, the, uh, being able to manage outside influences is one of the most valuable skills that you can develop. And you seem to have to be ex- just very much on your way uh, farther than I thought anybody could ever get uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, you were farther than I was at that time. I wasn't dealing with the same situation that you were dealing with. My mind was sort of a lack of self-confidence or, you know, moving forward. Even though I was, I was uh, I put on a good game, I had that little, you know, in the back of my mind sort of thing but that, that, that impacted me. Uh, however, there's, there's no substitute for being confident in who you are and, and what you're capable of. And this has taught you a lesson that you are capable of anything when it comes to um, yourself and creating the reality that you want to experience. You, it's, it's limitless. And uh, that's, the, that's the, the takeaway um, that I hope many of our listeners uh, actually pick up on in your, uh, in your story is that, that is, you, you have uh, limitless capacity for uh, change, changing the way you feel, uh, for guiding your life and controlling uh, your destiny. You, you definitely do. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And about this, by the way, about this three feet from gold, <laughs> brilliant story, <laughs> number one, um, as we were talking about before the show, um, there are a lot of people who are three feet from, metaphorically speaking, three feet from their, their aspiration, their intention, their their dream, their goal, uh, their discovery uh, of who they are, and give up. They fall prey to uh, thought viruses that other people are spreading about, you'll never 
be able to do that. You'll never be able to be that. You'll never be able to feel that way. You'll never have this. You'll never have that. Uh, and awareness is one of the words that you used, I believe, uh, Michalina, that I, that I think is so powerful. You have an awareness, uh, developed an awareness, and that enables you to dictate where you go. Being self-aware is uh, a, an element of alchemy that helps you guide yourself in the right direction when, by listening to how you feel and then and, and paying attention to your perceptions about things and being able to just, you know, control it. It is, is deeply empowering for me. And I know uh, for you, uh, Lisa, as well, it's deeply empowering to know that we are, we are the ones creating our lives. We're the ones creating our reality that we're experiencing. We're the ones that determining how we interpret what's happening within us, what's happening outside of us, and how we uh, interrelate to that. And that's just beautiful. That is, that is, there's nothing better. I get up in the morning, that's, that's all I think about is, is how do I, how, how magnificent is this day going to be? And then go about creating that magnificence and not allowing other things to interrupt that, that mindset that I've had, that state of being of this is a magnificent day, this is an awesome um, uh, life, and uh, the, the, the drama, you <laughs> talking about complaining um, and taking a, a two-week detox from complaining is <laughs> not something I expected to hear from you, number one, <laughs> because I know you're so, you're so empowered with, with the skills of, well, of, of mindfulness and other things. However, it, it actually exposes the reality that we experience every single day, that, that no matter how uh, wonderful, mindful, aware, self-aware, self-confident we can be, it's not the fact that, oh, it's not the outside events themselves and how we respond to them. It's how we decide to respond to them. We, we are all, as human beings, subject to an initial reaction, an initial complaint, an initial negative um, outburst or response to what's going on in life. That is a given. What matters is how we, what we do next. How self-aware are we that we've just done that thing and how quickly can we transcend it? How quickly can mm -hmm. we transmute the energy that, that is? That's the key. And um, it seems, uh, Nicolina, that you've kind of discovered that for yourself, and I love it. I just got to tell you, I, I love it. I do as well. And, you know, it reminds me, uh, you know, there's a, and Micklin, you may or may not have heard of him, but he, his name is Krishnamurti. I didn't find him until about 20 years ago, but one of the things he said is that you have to be a light to yourself in a world mm -hmm. of darkness. And, and that really struck me, and it, it, you know, you think about what that means, you know, you have to be a light to yourself. And so many times, and it echoes what you said before about, pleasing other people before you please yourself and and it's not about being selfish it's about being selfful and knowing that you know this is what i need this is what my soul needs this is what i need to feel good and even if it may create some discomfort you know you can step away from it and really truly own that and you know i i'm just uh, if you wouldn't mind, you know, for our listeners, you know, somebody that 
is looking for or just sort of how you you found your path to some of the things that you're you're doing right now to empower yourself because i i think one of the things that i realized many years ago was that i needed i didn't need to find a guru i needed to be my own guru it was what resonated mm-hmm. with my soul what felt good to me that right always feels good what's right always feels good and that became my mantra so from your perspective and your journey like you know just if you could share a few words of wisdom to our listeners here on connect to love about trusting yourself or whatever it is that you feel guided to share i'd really welcome that please um, yeah oh me right me okay yep yes you. um um so let me i will start by saying that um the me that is saying this today, if I had heard someone saying these words to me um, a year ago, I would roll my eyes and think I was the most annoying person in the world because mm-hmm. um, I, I have always, in the past, always identified myself. I, I kind of prided, I almost sort of like romanticized my suffering and prided myself on being this very logical overthinker, tortured soul, you know, the way that our, the movies love to show these, like, these broody guys with tortured pasts and that kind of thing. Um, I, you know, I, I love the idea that people didn't know me and they didn't know how, like, deep I was and how much I was, like, I don't know. I thought that was, there was something to be proud of in that um, and, like, the overthinking. And I, I've been diagnosed with, I think, like, five different mental, mental illnesses, uh, clinical depression, anxiety, ADHD, anorexia and bulimia so it's it's not like I so as I'm the reason I say that is because I what I love like what I love talking to like what I I love about talking to you guys is that I'm still very you know you guys have been kind of you two have been more in this kind of this like this beautiful state of mind for a while whereas I it's still very fresh to me to think about um, what anybody who hasn't experienced that yet, what this sounds like to them. Um, so, like, whenever, even the word you, um, for, like, me, my, my self-concept a year ago was my name, my body, my thoughts, my feelings, my relationships, my experiences, that, that was all me. And um, then I think one, well, one of the biggest shifts started um, with Eckhart Tolle, and the realization that, um, like, disidentifying from the mind and our experiences, and um, because I, that didn't make sense to me for the longest time of, you know, you know, I'm my thoughts, like, you know, I think, therefore I am. That's, that's what the saying is, right? But um, mm-hmm. it's only been very recently that I've, you know, I, I don't know if this is how you experience it, but whenever I think about my consciousness, like my awareness, I feel it kind of in the space, like, between and around my eyes. Like, it's around my eye level that I feel, like, the seat of my awareness is, and that's how I negate what's kind of above or below my awareness um, as far as space is concerned. And so so I started kind of focusing on that space, and it feels like this kind of more, this, like, energy. It doesn't really feel good or bad, but I notice that the most, like, the most dense kind of sensory energy that I feel is around my, like, kind of at eye level, but not, like, in my eyes, and I was focusing on that space so much, and I kept kind of just saying to myself, I am aware that I am aware of my experiences, 
And I was sitting in that space for such a long time, and it felt so separate from everything else that I was experiencing that, um, you know, the longer I did that and the more time I spent just being aware of what I was experiencing, as, um, as things came up, I was able to look at them or as like feelings came up, whether they were good or bad, or just anything came up that wasn't coming to me from my sensory experiences in the present moment, it allowed me to look at it kind of as if, kind of as if like I was the light on the street light and everything else was just kind of like coming around me. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so that was kind of, so I just started kind of becoming like centered like that and going back into that place and realizing that, that, um, that just the same way that um, like the sun, like how do we know that the sun is shining? Um, because we, we can see it, right? But how, but why can we see it? because the sun is shining. And that was such an ironic thing to me of like, how do we know that we're alive? Um, Because we're aware of it. But how do we, um, why are we aware of it? Because we're alive. It's kind of just this, um, the same way that, like I've just kind of started to realize, um, this actually just came to me like this morning and I I got chills, but just realizing that all we we are, you know, when we, I mean, I went on a major tangent, but I realized the reason that I was so attached to so many things before and why I was suffering so much and suffering my mind and the anxiety is because I was mistaking all of those things as something that I have to control and I have to own. And so anytime they weren't going my way, I was suffering as a result of that. But if your identity is, um, if your identity and the only condition for your happiness I realized was on the one thing, the only thing that will, that is ever unchanging in my life that will only be with me from the moment from my first breath to my last is my awareness, my ability to be conscious in one moment. And if it's, and how, how beautiful is it that the only thing we have, the only thing that will never leave us is the only thing we need in order to be alive. And if that is your only condition for being happy and for feeling good because you've severed all the ties to everything else, because, you know, why would you, why would you try to make something you that isn't you and you realize that consciousness is as whole when it's experiencing something good as it is when it's experiencing something bad, the same way that the sun shining on a happy, like the sun shining on the best person is the same as the one shining on the worst then you have everything that you need. And if you have everything that you need, then there is never anything holding you back from doing whatever the best thing is. And that just creates a beautiful cycle because you are always free to do whatever serves the highest good. And then just as a direct consequence of you doing that, you feel good immediately and that comes right back to you. And Mm -hmm. so I've, you know, I've, I've had to kind of give myself a very practical, logical approach to, to getting into this state because um, that's just kind of how, like, I had to get my very analytical mind on board to understand that it, it makes, like, logical sense to live this way, that, um, that like, you know, like, um, like something else that Michael said about how, you know, we all have those initial feelings um, 
you know, they're, they're a lot like stop signs in the sense that all, whenever you have that first initial reaction, that first initial sense of, mm, something isn't right, all it's trying to tell you to do is just pay attention to what's coming up because you might need to do something differently. You might need to change something in order to feel safe um, the same way that when you pull up to a stop sign, you might have to let pedestrians cross. You might have to, um, to let another car go by, but you don't have to, you can just look at that stop sign and then take it as a sign, but then make your own judgment about the situation, about what's really right. But if you were to take that stop sign just for what it told you, which is just stop, you would never, you'd never move forward. You would maybe even back up and go down another road until you experience another stop sign. And so I just realized that every time I feel that feeling come up, all I have to do is consider what it's telling me and then decide what the objectively right thing is and then let that feeling pass through me. So that's the same with complaining. I can, I can notice that I think something isn't right, but then I can kind of become curious about it and um, recognize that it, you know, it might not be a logical thing or maybe there is some sort of merit to it, but I don't have to keep that feeling with me. I don't have to keep feeling bad in order to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Once the feeling has told me what to do and served its purpose, I can let it go. And I think that was the most freeing thing I ever realized was that um, once the emotion has like told me what it was trying to tell me, it's I'm, I'm allowed to let it pass through and I'm allowed to focus then on what else comes into my awareness. So I think that's Fantastic. kind of my overall, what my journey has been um, because, you know, it, to me, it just makes sense. Like, why would I, why would I want to hold on to something that feels bad if I don't, if I don't have to hold on to it in order to get done what I need to get done. So that's kind of been my experience. No, thank well, you. you know, I, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, <laughs> she started no, through, she so, started through just, and I love I, it. Yeah, no, I, I'm just blown away, Michalina, you know, by, by all of your words, not just, you know, the message, the, the, the fact that it comes from the heart, and, and you know, I, it, as so often on the show, it just like time flies by because we're just in this magical wonderland. But we we still have uh, a little bit of time left, and I'm going to let Michael comment, and you could, Michael, I'm just going to let you close out the show because I know that it, this is it's just such a gift, and and I just want to thank you, you know, you and our audience, and on here on Connect to Love on PRNFM. It's just it's such a gift and Michael and Michalina is just such a joy so thank you um so Michael I'm going to turn it over to you and and allow you to close everything out well the beauty is that Michalina that you you've you've unpacked uh your luggage (laughs) so to speak (laughs) and 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 have and the realizations uh I would the realizations you've had in a very brief period of time in your life um I don't believe in accidents. Accidents. I don't believe in coincidences. Uh, I do believe these. Every soul is is uh, in in my view. Every soul has a purpose here, and we have a mission that we are to uh, uh, to learn. And I can't stop thinking that about the fact that what your uh, the realizations that you have uh, had here in this past twelve months. Uh, and even in the last couple of weeks or week week to two, um, are they're going to serve a greater purpose in your life? And uh, I can't wait to someday down the line. Hopefully, if I'm not uh, six feet under and and if, if, if my soul hasn't ascended, 
find out exactly what what that is um, because you know sometimes who, who knows how long it's going to take to to figure out. However, um, you're actively participating in the evolution of your own life, your own soul's um, purpose, and I, I just just to witness it here in this last uh, almost hour has been uh, nothing short of exciting, uh, amazing. Uh, I could come up with a bunch of glittering generalities, um, brilliant. Just, just, it's just, it's, you are so refreshing. I guess that's the word I'm really uh, looking for. Mm -hmm. You're so refreshing. And I'm sure, Lisa, you feel the exact same way. Refreshing. Absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. To, 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 um, have gotten to where where you've gotten, I would be prepared for if I were you, more epiphanies, more realizations that can help you move even further from where you are right now. And consider this like the mean. Okay, so uh, it's been a, it's been an honor to have had you on uh, in this conversation uh, on our show here, and and I know that some some there's going to be many people out there that are going to listen to this and and take it to heart and it'll it'll likely move them uh to take action it could even be the realization that they need to uh to uh, move themselves a couple things came to me here's the first thing you can you can you can only truly truly be of service to another uh when you have first been served been of service to yourself and the same thing mm -hmm. goes for giving you can only really give uh, truly give uh, it with integrity to another person after you have truly given to yourself. Everything mm -hmm. outside of you, be, your whole reality, everything experience begins with you inside. And just remember that. And uh, as I do every single day, and I tell many, many people, it be, everything begins with us, from within us, and then it expands from us. That's the energy we create, which is an expansive energy, happiness, love, uh, enlightenment, which is what you're really doing right now you're you're participating in in in, in hertz 720 the the enlightenment realm that that highest frequency because that's what you're doing so i appreciate it so much and uh thank you lisa for uh bringing mcleen on and uh wow <laughs> thank you so much and for everybody out there everybody out there in uh in wonderland uh, we call this earthly realm thank you for listening thank you for uh, your participation in our podcast and and our radio show uh, as well connect love is on a podcast uh, as well uh, on uh, apple and google and you can re-listen to the show you can forward the show share the show whoever you want to share it with and uh, enlighten them as well okay awesome until next time thank you so much <laughs>